Hey everybody, Coach Jonathan here with the final podcast episode in this series of athlete interviews with the Stands Pivot Team presented by Maxis, and this time with Rose Grant. Rose is, once again, a legend in the sport of mountain biking here in the United States. She's a four-time marathon national champion. She has made the U.S. team selection for world champs. She has raced in World Cups, raced all over the place. She's won plenty of epic rides races. Uh, She knows what she's doing. She's a mother. She somehow balances all of that pro athlete training and racing and everything else with being a mother. It's amazing and particularly poignant for me being a father. Uh, So I think we have a lot to learn uh, for those of you that are parents and those of you that aren't from how she manages to carry all of that responsibility and continue to train and get faster. And also she's a really good cook. So, and baker. So uh, we talk a little bit about the recipes that she makes in this episode, and we'll put them up at forum.trainerroad.com. We talked to Rose, just like everybody else about her, basically her pre-race routine from the night before the race until the race starts. And then we also ask her some additional questions thereafter. So uh, Rose has a totally unique take on things. I really appreciate that perspective that she has. Uh, It's come through a lot of experience, and I'm sure through the experience of also being a parent. Uh, So once again, ton to learn from Rose. Hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you have any more questions, you can go to forum.trainerroad.com and you can submit those questions for Rose. She may hop on there and answer them for us. Thanks, everybody. Enjoy the episode. Okay, Rose Grant. Let's talk about some race prep. Uh, first things, and these are the same questions we've asked everybody else. So it'll be kind of fun because you get to see like the different, uh, I guess, learn from four different people. Uh, night before a race, is there a meal that you like to have, like a consistent one? Not necessarily. I would say that a lot of the food that I eat contains a lot of the same ingredients, okay. like whole grains. Um, I prefer that my carbs or starches come from whole grains or like root vegetables okay um i'm not like a big white rice person so yeah i mean vegetables like fresh vegetables roasted vegetables get my starches from some root vegetables or like quinoa or brown rice um and then uh protein and um i like cheese and um, I'm a big sauce person. Yeah. Like the toppings are really important, yeah, whatever yeah. I choose to eat. So that usually involves avocado and cheese and maybe something crunchy like a nut or something. Yeah. So Texture just, and flavor. Yeah. Really good variety. Yeah. There's no point in having just bland rice and chicken. <laughs> Definitely not. I'm all about my food eating good and it does not. Yeah. I'm, I'm all about good, dense, high calorie, very nutrition, nutrient dense food. Uh, what about the sleep side of things? Is there like, do you, do you find that you do best with a certain amount of like hours of sleep or, and do you shoot for that or um, do you, how do you work that out? Yeah. I, I think getting to bed early is really important. Even if I don't go to sleep right away, just that I'm on my way there. I think my earlier hours of sleep tend to be more beneficial than yeah. late hours or, not being able to sleep in. So that's, I'm, I do better if I can go to bed early because I usually wake up around between six and seven um, mm-hmm. without an alarm. I really can't sleep in even if I want to. We were talking about that earlier with Chloe. I found that too as, as, as I've, as life has progressed. I don't know if it's because I have a son now and just like I'm on that routine. You have, you have Layla, your daughter. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, yeah, I basically just, I'm up at a certain time every day. That's just, I, I've lost the ability and skill to sleep in. 
you know, it's kind of hard. Me too. (laughs) (laughs) It's kind of frustrating. Uh, And that's like particularly poignant, you know, you being a mother, like the sleep thing, you just can't sleep just for yourself. Like you have to also, you have to take into account the fact that you, if your daughter needs you in the middle of the night, anything else like that, it's harder. I have never put as much value on sleep as I have more recently. (laughs) And if I ever have an opportunity to capitalize, then I take it. And I don't nap. That really is pretty much impossible with our schedule. But um, getting those good eight to 10 hour stretches at night is pretty regular and a high priority. Yeah, yeah. Uh, So let's talk about on the other side of things, the morning routine. Do you have a morning routine that you follow or just like, typical habits that you have in the morning? Yeah. And I mean, if it was race specific, it really depends on what time I'm racing. But I would say on a typical morning, um, it always starts with coffee and a bit of a quiet time, hopefully, Hopefully. if I can um, be up before Layla. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Just to kind of set the rhythm for the day. Yeah. Um, in my mental space and the things that I want to accomplish, I do work really well off of a list um, yeah. and just get a great satisfaction in being able to check off, if not all, at least some of those items. And sometimes that even involves like making cookies or yeah, because um, I enjoy that stuff too. We're going to get into that. Um, <laughs> that was one of the questions that somebody submitted on there. Uh, so when you, I guess on the race side of things, like you said, with you, like your, your morning routines that you do, is there a particular breakfast that you like to stick to? Or once again, is it more principle based of just trying to get, you know, carbs from whole grains, that sort of stuff? Uh, I do stick with whether it be race morning, it's pretty much my regular routine and it's yeah. steel cut oats, like pretty much almost every day. And that's Layla's request too, surprisingly <laughs> nice. a little bit. Awesome. About every day, even if I ask her if she'd rather have pancakes or hot cereal, she almost always will choose hot cereal. Huh. And she gets a few chocolate chips on her hot cereal and nice. topping. <laughs> nice. <laughs> like I said, I'm into the toppings. Yeah, yeah. Um, How about you? What toppings do you put um, on there? So I'll always mash a banana into yeah. it with some almond milk and then I'll always do shredded coconut almond butter and natural delights medjool dates yes they're a team sponsor yes they yeah. are um and sometimes like a blueberry or something Ooh, but. that sounds delicious uh we have a race in two days now uh you have it and then I, I I'm not racing with you you'll be far ahead of me we have a separate race but I'm like after talking to all four of you at the same time here now I'm like I'm at like paralysis what? Am I by gonna analysis. Have what am I going to have Sunday? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Ooh, that's going to be a hard one because I think our race start is... It's 7 a.m. Painfully early. Yeah, <laughs> it's going to be pretty rough. Um, okay, so when we're talking about race days, are you the person that rides to the venue if you can? Do you prefer to do that or you do you prefer to drive to the venue? I prefer to drive to the venue so that when I start my workout, it leads pretty much into the race start. Mm. If I ride to the venue, I feel like the time that I between arriving there and racing is just too scattered. Yeah. Um, with wardrobe changing and trying to go to the bathroom and staying warmed up and just it's just like a little too much clutter. Yeah. Um, but if I drive to the venue I will most oftentimes warm up on a feedback Omnium trainer. Yeah, they're awesome. And I just can do my warm up routine and like the like 
from the time I start my warm up until I go to the start line is all like really regimented and yeah. planned. Yeah. So yeah, I so like that kind of like that eliminating some of the unknowns. Yeah. You can really drive there. It's like you actually can control the schedule that follows. And like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It makes sense. Now let's talk warm ups on in that respect. Like, do you have a specific regime that you follow, like a routine interval structure, whatever it might be? Yes. I do. Um, I'll spin the legs for 10 to 15 minutes, depending on how I'm feeling and my Uh choice. And then I'll go into uh, around an eight-minute tempo interval Mm -hmm. um, just to elevate the heart rate. And then at the end of that, I'll do a two-minute FTP interval. So I'll start at the low end of my power zone and then finish on the high end of my FTP interval, but the last 15 seconds is like a all out effort, like a max effort. And just so I end with a few seconds of max effort. Yeah. Spin the legs for a few more minutes and then transition to get to the start line. Nice. Uh, do you try to aim for like a specific time for your warm up? Like, yeah, for me, I think 30 minutes is, yeah, but good. I, I mean, I feel like it takes me a long time to warm up, and the older that I get, I feel like it takes me even longer. I've noticed the same thing. Yeah. So, yeah. Um. So rather than getting into the race and feeling good around the third lap, yeah, <laughs> which well, is kind of a bummer. <laughs> um. Yeah. So that's always been kind of a struggle. But at the same time, you really like I do try to protect that warm up time and just trust it and not burn too many matches there either. Yeah. Uh, what about on the mental side of things? Like, how do you get yourself in the headspace to be that like competitive racer that's in the zone? So, to speak? yeah, I mean, this has been an interesting year for me just because I've had a lot of like, I guess, mental interruptions with having been injured, and it really shook my confidence a lot over this last year. Yeah. Um, and so like really going in there with like a really competitive, um, confident demeanor has been a little bit more a little bit harder and I think I've also given myself more wiggle room to maybe not have that always so much just like don't put so much pressure on yourself at the start you know like the starts can be really stressful and yeah um and now that I don't have points from racing last year I'm not starting in the front. So I have traffic to navigate and I'm out of practice. And so lately it's been, they haven't been great starts, but it's kind of like, well, let's just see how this plays out and see where we can make improvements. Cause it really is just in the second where you're navigating those things and trying to move up and make those moves. And it does take practice. So yeah, I mean, it's, it's a process and I I think in the past I have been a lot more um just like headstrong and like yeah I'm gonna do this I'm gonna be on the front and yeah yeah <laughs> you know and it in that at this point so it's changed a bit that's an interesting point I feel like there's there's um visualization motivating yourself to do these sort of things but they have to be within reach, right? Like, and you have to be realistic with your expectations or else you end up coming into these races and, you know, you build yourself up. And then uh, I think that the process of improvement has to come with satisfaction. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like you have to 
go through and recognize the fact that like I made a step today and that was the goal and you step ahead rather than if you're constantly shooting to be, you know, what you once were at another point, then you just find yourself, you know, perpetually disappointed Correct. and and it's tough to ever get back there. Um, yeah. so yeah, I, I've personally learned that from watching you this, this year of taking those steps. Uh, it's been really helpful because I, I, I mean, I haven't had the severe injuries that you've had, but I've struggled with a knee injury for the past like three years off and on, and it's kept my training inconsistent. And that's really been, you know, it's, it's super easy to fall back in and just be like, I'm going to be the person I once was, but yeah. And you, you want to have that beautiful comeback story. That's just sure. like incredible. And you know, like, but it's just not always the way it is. And when it's not, it's really been helpful for me just to kind of surrender to that. And nothing really, especially in racing, can be forced. Yeah. And so it's like almost surrendering to the process and doing like your due diligence that you're doing everything within your ability to be as prepared and as strong and ready to race as you can and kind of just take things as they come. And it's been very humbling, yeah. but... um. I've grown a lot and I've learned a lot about myself and just about like the depth of like life and like, you know, where, where the investment in priorities is like the most important. I mean, if anything, this whole bike racing thing is just going to make us better humans, right? Definitely. I mean, it's icing on the cake and it's sure. I mean, yeah, there was a point too, where even I wasn't really sure how I was going to feel about it when I, re-entered into racing if I was still gonna love it the same and yeah all of that and I was a little relieved I guess even though I was pretty sure that I would really love it yeah but I do like really love it and I do really enjoy it yeah yeah and at the end of the day like I think there's so much sustainability in that yeah but um you know you can be so focus driven and just like you know maybe with the expectations that you just kind of at some point have to also remember why you're there in the first place. Yeah, it's hard to do. I mean, you've had, what, four marathon national titles, I think? Yeah, in a so row like, until I yeah. was injured, yeah. So, like, like a, a huge amount of success. Um, you've had, you know, you've ridden for uh, World Cup teams, the whole deal. Um, or I should say you've been for, ridden for world championship teams, everything else. So, like, you've had a ton of success. I tell myself it's all relative, but I'm sure it's very different in your case. But... Uh, yeah, I, I really admire what you've been able to do this year in managing those sort of expectations. I think that like we get the question of people just like frustrated with the fact that they get sick for a week and then they're like, I, I can't complete my workouts. Is everything over? <laughs> you know, like definitely we tend to think that way. So um, so thank you for your example on that. That's been awesome. Absolutely. Uh, really helpful. You're welcome. Um, okay, so pre-riding on the course uh, we haven't really asked this specific question to others, but uh, when you pre-ride, are you the sort of person that like you pre-ride and take mental notes and visualize or what? what's your objective when you pre-ride the course, I guess, and your personal objective? Because clearly it's to know the course, but yeah, I guess it depends a little bit on um, what kind of race it is. So if it's a race that we do the course multiple times. Mm -hmm. um, I do approach that like the first lap is really casual and I'm just kind of checking it out and seeing what I'm in for. And then I do a second or a third or even like this, uh, This yeah, was it yesterday we raced? I know, right? <laughs> yeah. Or, yeah. Um, I did four laps to pre-ride for that one just because I hadn't been on the bike, on the mountain bike for a few weeks yeah. and just, getting comfortable and the laps were pretty short. Um, 
just to get comfortable on the terrain and see where I can pick up more speed and um and I like to do I actually really like to do at least my first lap by myself so that I'm not so that it is really for me yeah I'm not worried about just anybody else yeah um and then the second one is okay to do with others if I feel like it but really it's my my pre-ride in my space and I want to protect that too not have any comparisons when i'm doing my homework yep um because it really doesn't matter until the race day (laughs) yeah exactly yeah yeah sophia was mentioning that how like she pre-rides very slow and sometimes she's like she's like been worried about that she's like man everyone's flying by me and they're just pre-riding you know but yeah 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 so it's important to avoid those Mm uh i guess when we talk about your warm-up the pre-ride everything else and we've talked about the mental side of things and kind of like getting into the zone, so to speak, you know, mm-hmm. with, with that sort of stuff. Um, have you, I guess, with this specific race coming into that, do you have playlists that you listen to? Do you have other things that you end up doing to kind of help get yourself even more? Like, we once again, we already covered those things somewhat, but like on the music side, because entertainment itself or something like that music has been proven to help. I don't know mm-hmm. if you have any specific ones that you listen to. Um, I do. And I am not like a huge, like really picky about my music that yeah. much. Sometimes I just play Pandora and listen to, you, you know, I pick a station, but whatever comes on is fine. Yeah. Um, but yeah, for like a pre-race warm up or like just sitting quietly, like hours before the race, Um, I do. And honestly, like my faith is a big part of my life and it just really helps to keep me grounded too. But, um, yeah, I usually actually listen to worship music. Yeah. Um, it just gives me a lot of peace and kind of quiets my soul and just helps me to, and I'll pray and just keeps me like really calm and grounded. And, um, also it, it just like that piece of surrender too, like, yeah. You've done your homework. Um, now let's see what ha- what can happen. Yeah, I think that's a super important part for people. If uh, you know, faith especially can like help ground people and give them the routine, help them externalize a lot of things with that. But like you said, to understand that the work's done, there's no point in carrying much other stress. Mm-hmm. It's just really about time. Like now, I get to let my body do what it does best. You know, yeah, like, like it's all done. Yeah, that's and there's a lot of it. satisfaction too, and just like letting the story play out and like there's that piece of unknown you can't force anything but yeah let's just see if something amazing can happen yeah i like that perspective that's awesome i'm getting a ton from this like listen i'm sure the other people are listening to these you know four days in a row but i'm getting a ton getting like all four at the same time uh want to take notes uh, so how did this race go? In this case, we were talking about the Sea Otter. So Sea Otter has two XC races. In this case, you guys had the UCI HC race, super stiff competition, very hard, climby course, repetitive laps that you did. Uh, how'd the race go? You know, I have to say it went as good as I could have expected out yeah. of where I'm coming from and the training that I've been doing at this point in the season. Yeah. Um, it's been it's been pretty solid improvement so far from the first couple of pro XCTs. Yeah. Um 
improved health too. I kind of battled some sickness earlier in February, which lingered into oh. early March. So <laughs> that was nice to get in some consistent training yeah. before this. Um, yeah, I still definitely didn't have a great start. So there's some work to be done there. But, you know, I, I feel... I usually feel better in, in the second half of the race, mm -hmm. which I did again. Awesome. Um, I finished 11th. Nice. But um, yeah, you know, I was around people, racers, um, whether I was getting past or I had people, girls ahead of me that I was just working to get to throughout yeah. the race, which kept me engaged and working Just kind of focusing and, on the one in front of you? Yeah, and you know, I've got this like naturally i'm not um very i guess um i i like to have just a steady pace and just yeah like i've got this turbo engine that can go a long time but it's not very naturally it's not very ballistic like yeah, yeah. when it comes to like just throttling like a really steep climb like these like so this course i would say this course is is not where i naturally excel yeah. um you know as a pro racer you just kind of have to be good on everything and yeah. you know i i have to take the good from the race and just yeah. focus on that and continue towards the positives and just knowing where i was two months ago like yeah. my mental space and even physically like and how far i've come and just keep it in perspective yeah. so yeah i don't think you know i mean not that 11th is is bad but oh, yeah. um there's really a good. lot of room for improvement sure and, but um, There's but different I measures do want to be, I do want to be, you know, give myself the credit for where it is due from this last yesterday. And I think too, that's just a lot of the process that I've been through. I think in the past, I had been so hard on myself and set such high expectations and they weren't set by anyone else's expectations, but they were from me. And yeah. I think that over a long period of time can just be really challenging to maintain. Yeah. And yeah, just learning a little grace and self-love for myself has been a huge learning process and something that going into these races is something that I've really had to apply in order to just continue smiling and having fun. Yeah. Um, and so it's really been like a gift. Sweet. That's awesome. Thank you, Rose. Um, uh, I feel like this, like the four perspectives that we've gotten from these questions have been awesome. They've been like way more different than I anticipated. Like, mm -hmm. I feel like we've covered the gamut. So, um, let's get into the questions that, uh, some people submitted through the forum, forum.trainroad.com for mm -hmm. those that are wondering there. Uh, the first one, uh, and this is kind of like, uh, uh, these are the, the ones that we've asked to everybody, but your favorite place to ride. You're from, are you from Whitefish, Montana? Yes. You're from, yeah, yeah. Yes. Actually, we live in Columbia Falls, but it's. Very close to Whitefish. Very close to Whitefish. Yeah. Um, amazingly beautiful place. Yes. Um, where is your favorite place to ride? Is it riding there at home? I or? would have to say it is. Yeah, yeah. yeah usually yeah. that means I'm at home riding with just friends and yeah. we're out in the mountains having a great time. And Yeah. Yeah, and it is beautiful and I know the trails and... Yeah, yeah, there's no place like home. Uh, what's your favorite post-win indulgence? And this doesn't have to be a win. It could be a success of any post measure. Post-race or... <laughs> yeah, yeah, a success of yeah. any measure. When you feel like, well, I've earned this, and you have something. I, I feel like a massage is like a real Ooh, treat. Yeah. Something that I one. don't do regularly, and I really would like to, but, you know, it's scheduling, and it's 
budget. <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that when I have a massage, it's a real treat. Right. Yeah, mm -hmm. that would be a nice, yeah. And if I can't do that, then I at least have a glass of wine and an extra piece of chocolate. There we go. <laughs> Dark chocolate? Da yes. Yes. <laughs> nice. Awesome. Um, okay, so this one came from the forum here. Uh, it says, I see Rose baking delicious treats on her Instagram. Oh. <laughs> and I want the recipe book, she jokes. <laughs> I don't think you have a recipe book out. No. Okay, yeah. Okay, yeah. <laughs> when she has that, I didn't know. Uh, it says, uh, seriously, though, what are her favorite things to cook? Or, or bake in this case too. And how does she balance the indulgence with training? Ooh. So that's hard. I mean, the ingredients that I choose to use in my indulgent baking and yeah. cooking, um, I think they fit into the dietary requirements of training. Nice. <laughs> so I need the, I need those treats. Yeah. Um, and I do, I take a post pre-workout post-workout snacks um mm -hmm. yeah i make a lot of like the energy date balls and um, i had those are amazing yeah you can make so many different kinds and they're super easy and just like a lot of them are only like just a few ingredients like they're super easy and um yeah another one of my staples is uh double chocolate cookies those but they're vegan yes. and not that I'm, I'm vegan, but, um, and they're gluten-free. They're like oatmeal, kind of basically you're eating oatmeal with yeah. like a little extra brown sugar and That's what I had this chocolate. year, vanilla, right? Yes. Yeah, that was amazing. Yeah, that's kind of like what I'm known for. Yeah. <laughs> I, that that follows me. That recipe does. We should um we should like uh I'll get the recipe from you. Yeah. I'll put it up in forum.trainroad.com so you can check good. it out. Yeah, yeah, and then I do like to do all of uh, we eat at home really consistently. We don't yeah. eat out often. Um and so, yeah, everything, again, just goes back to those same ingredients that I talked about pre-race meal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. nice. Um, okay, this one uh, says, uh, for Rose, how did she deal mentally with her recent injury and how did her training change from returning or when returning from injury? Uh, also, how does she balance training with race and travel and family time? So let's cover the first one there with um, how did she deal mentally with her injury? I, that, I mean, yeah, that's a really complex. Oh, it's, it's hard. that's a there is a long answer to that and all of that season of my life, which has been pretty cool to look back and just um, again, it it really has been a process. Yeah. Um, because I broke my leg in April of last year at basically the first race of the season. And I was already kind of going through some difficulty just in my relationships at home. And yeah. um, so it was, it happened at kind of a difficult season. Um, it really, at first, just I went into really a season of grief, honestly, like the grief losing a race season, a time that I look forward to for a long time and is really special and important for me and so many hours of work and investment goes into it. Yeah. Um, the loss of a limb, you know, yeah. and not being able to really function on a day-to-day -day basis or you really even stand up for a long period of time for several weeks um, and not being able to cook and just, you yeah. know, like really function or drive. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I, I did cry a lot and I just feel like that's something that no, no one should be ashamed of. Like, yeah. I think that there's a reason that those feelings are there and there's a reason that you want to cry. And 
Um, yeah, I think that their healing tears, like I think that was kind of when a lot of my healing like started happening, like emotionally and mentally as well as physically, but that's like on its own time scale kind of. Yeah, yeah. Um, so grief for sure. And then surrender, like, okay, I have to surrender to this process. Like I can't control what's going on. And, um, yeah, you know, there was some complications with my incision getting infected. And mm-hmm. um, I really wanted to go back to racing in nas- for nationals, which was July. It would have just been like barely, barely long enough for like full healing, what they say. But, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, they say six weeks for a bone to heal. And I had to have the surgery to have it um, repaired. Mm-hmm. But. I mean, once you have surgery, like it's really much longer than six weeks. It's really like six weeks of non-weight bearing. And then you can try to figure out how to walk again, much less race a bike. And at that point, you know, the fitness and everything that I had lost, it just was too much. And I knew that, like I was able to recognize that. And I decided to have like a shoulder repaired that had been chronically dislocating, oftentimes like during riding. So it wasn't um sound to really race on right so i did that and it just kind of like was the best decision that i could have made for myself and just to be able to pursue the longevity in the sport and to be healthy and like give myself the break that i really needed after like a pretty rough like yeah time um and just to like take some of those expectations off of myself and give myself more time yeah yeah um So I guess it was, yeah, grief, surrender. And then, yeah, I mean, there's still so much you can do. I started doing, I started hiking with my daughter, like really quickly after my shoulder surgery and spending a lot of time at the lake. And I think I just focused on, um, you know, like what am I getting out of the season that I couldn't have been doing if I was on the road racing? Yeah. And it was really one of the best summers I've had in a long time. I hadn't had a summer at home in years. Yeah. <laughs> so um, it's a lot in perspective. Like it's okay to be disappointed and it's okay to um, cry and be sad. But yeah. at the same time, like there's usually some beauty that you can find amongst the ashes. And that became really apparent. And just too, like, I mean, I think just some life lessons that, will stick with me for the rest of my life just like yeah this is bike racing is a gift Mm. and i'm able to do it and um like the faithfulness of god and his handiwork like the it just through the whole thing is so evident to me that um yeah i'm just really thankful for all of that growth yeah yeah no doubt um it's a process it's hard to go through but i'm sure it's made you a more like complete person, you know what I mean? Oh, I think so. I think it made me a better parent and a better wife and right. Yeah. Like be able to invest into the priorities. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, uh, uh, along with that, how do you balance training with race travel and family Um, time? That's, that's, yeah, I have to really protect my training when I'm home. Yeah. Um, like treat definitely to treat it like a job. Yeah. yeah. Um, where I, I hire babysitters and make arrangements if my husband's working. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I treat it like a job and I, I do it like on a schedule. Yeah. 
And I plan ahead. You know, that's a big part is planning ahead and just really putting the energy into protecting that space. Yeah. Um, I, in, in my schedule in general, like I don't overcommit too much. I don't do a lot of extracurriculars. Yeah. Um, and I, I'm even careful about, you know, what I sign Layla up for and things that we have to do together, which can be kind of hard. Yeah. Because we don't, we can't always just do whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, but so it's just really protect, protecting that space. Yeah. Um, and then when I'm on the road, yeah, she's she's been with me. She was with me on the last trip, and that was pretty special. That's cool. It comes with some more challenges, but in all, like, she's awesome to travel with, and she's, like, a good kid, so... She's great. She makes it pretty easy. Yeah. Um, but if she's not with me, then we just try to connect by phone as much as possible, and yeah maybe even a couple times a day and facetime's yeah. amazing isn't yeah it? it's <laughs> been really good just yeah. to be able to see each other <laughs> yeah yeah it's pretty amazing um this is gonna be the last question uh, that we've ended with with everybody uh, of the things you do now for training recovery racing the approach that you have to all that stuff what's one thing that you do regularly now that you wish that you would have done earlier on in your career oh Um, that's a hard one. I don't think I knew about that question. <laughs> What's one thing that I do regularly now that I wish I would have done earlier on? Yeah, it could just be a nutrition thing. It could be a race strategy thing, like a pacing thing. Um, or mental. You know, space. I don't have any regrets. And I that feels really good to be able to say that. Yeah. Um, I think having process-based goals as opposed to outcome-based goals has been really healthy for me. It's huge. And something that especially I've had to do more through this past year. Yeah. So I think that is what I would have to say. Yeah, that's a really good one. That's an awesome, yeah, awesome note to end on too. I think, we, so we've talked about process versus outcome before on the podcast and, and helping people with that so people can search on that. Um but that's a it's, a, it's a better way to live in general. But with racing, it just makes the whole process more enjoyable. So, Absolutely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, thanks, Rose. You Appreciate are welcome. Um, if people want to find out more about you, follow you, that sort of stuff, where do, where can they do such a thing? You know, I'm best about updating my Instagram. Cool. My handle is Rose K Grant. Um, I do enjoy writing. I don't do it regularly, but I do have a website. It's awesome. rose-grant.com. Sweet. Perfect. Awesome. Well, thanks, Rose. It's going to be fun to check in with you throughout the year. Uh, we'll be at a lot of similar races. So cool. we'll be able to do some cool stuff. Um, thanks, Jonathan. Thank you. Take Chat care. soon.